I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you're listening to episode 36 of Me When I'm Free. This is the podcast that ponders the question, who is this me when I'm free, and why does it even matter? And what would it be like to live into our unique design on behalf of the world? Let's explore these questions together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. In his book, The Call, Oz Guinness writes, Instead of you are what you do, calling says, do what you are. After years of wrestling with the idea of calling, I'm convinced that this is true. I'm even more convinced that the issue for most of us is not in the doing, but in the figuring out who exactly we are. Dr. Jim Wilder writes in his book, Living from the Heart Jesus Gave You, people need to know who they are. They also need to be reminded who they are frequently by those who love them and really know them. I agree with Dr. Wilder. I believe that there are two sets of eyes through which we need to discover who we are. In the last episode, we talked about the importance of discovering who we are through God's eyes. I'm going to be honest. I think that's the easy part. We must also discover ourselves through the eyes of others. We must let others see us to know us in all of our glory and humanity. If we are to learn to do what we are as our pathway to calling, we need others in our community to help us see who we really are. It was not that long long ago that this thought kind of terrified me. If I allowed myself to let others see me, really see me, what would they discover? I was aware of much that I didn't want them to see. Fear, insecurity, feelings of unworthiness and shame. And beyond that, I wasn't sure what else there was to discover. I felt as if I didn't even really know myself. I just knew the person I was trying to be. Kurt Thompson writes in The Soul of Desire, our goodness, our beauty, is not something that exists on its isolated own. Rather, it emerges as we are seen by others who call it forth. Friend, the walls that we build to keep others from seeing inside 
to the places where we feel shame will also serve to keep others from being able to call out our goodness and beauty. We can't expect that we can selectively hide the parts of ourselves that we perceive as bad or unworthy and not also hide the good. Our ordinary, sinful, fearful, real selves are the ones that must be known if we are ever to fully live into our calling to be who we are. It's the vulnerability and risk of allowing others to see us in all of our humanity that will allow them to also see us in our glory. Last episode, I referred to the season in which I began what I called the inner journey. It was also during this season that I began to explore this idea of vulnerability and allowing myself to be known. During that time, I began to meet with a group of women for group spiritual direction. You may recall that I described our first meeting in episode six. It felt like a coming home experience I never knew I needed. I wept at the goodness of what I sensed that this band of sisters would become and at God's hand in it all. A few months into our meetings, it was my turn to share. In the weeks prior, I had crashed and burned. A rather dramatic situation had occurred that had caused me to doubt myself, to doubt God, to wonder if I was making things up about his calling on my life simply because I no longer wanted to feel ordinary. I sat in the middle of that group of women and I wept. My disillusionment hung heavy in the air After my initial enthusiasm about where God was taking us, I felt like my bubble had burst. I had misread his cues and was feeling snubbed like a junior high girl who discovers her crush doesn't have the same feelings. I was embarrassed. The women listened tears forming in their eyes, encouraging me not to give up, that God might just be stirring something that I can't envision just yet, to be patient. Two weeks later, one of these women found me at church. She said I'd been on her heart since our last meeting. We had only known each other for a couple of months, but she said she'd seen a love of Jesus on my face. And sense that this experience was the enemy trying to steal my joy. She felt God's prompting to look for me that day. Through tears, I shared with her that if I never fully understood why this situation had occurred, God had used it to reveal to me something very important. That I needed to share the struggles on this journey of faith with others rather than keeping them hidden and silent as I had in the past. Being honest opened up a pathway for others to speak truth to me about my real identity. 
This week, that group of women celebrated six years of gathering together, making space to be fully known, sharing our joys and our struggles. While we reminisced, I reflected on that story with my friend. It had marked me. This is the gift of being known by those who will look us in the eye and call out the good in us when we can only see our shame. Kurt Thompson goes on to write in The Soul of Shame, shame is a primary means to prevent us from using the gifts we've been given. And those gifts enable us to flourish as a light-bearing community of Jesus followers. Healing shame requires our being vulnerable with other people in embodied actions. Friend, before we can ever embrace the invitation of our calling to do what we are, we must be vulnerable enough to allow others to remind us of who we are. And so today, friend, I leave you with these questions and some space to reflect. If it's helpful, I invite you to grab a journal to jot these thoughts down and ponder them throughout the week. Question one. As you consider the idea of allowing yourself to be fully known in all of your glory and humanity, what stirs for you? Are you able to name a handful of people or even just one who know the real you and who call out your strengths and gifts? Simply take note as you reflect on this question. And question two. Unfortunately, the story for many of us is that others have not called out our goodness and beauty. In fact, our goodness and beauty have become sources of shame as others have rejected or neglected or even abused the gifts we have to offer. And so we learn to hide, to never fully be ourselves, to live only partially into who God created us to be. In what ways have you learned to hide as a result of how others have treated the gifts you have to offer? Then, would you take a moment to reflect with me and maybe even journal Psalm 139 verses one through six. These verses reflect the beauty of being fully known by God. I'm reading them in the message translation. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there, then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much. 
too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Let's pray. Jesus, you know everything about us. There is nothing we can hide. And you love us freely and fully. Help us to understand the beauty of being fully known by you and by others. Bring us the kind of people who will remind us of who we are. I pray specifically now for the one who is listening, who is in need of someone to see her or him and call out strength and goodness. Would you please meet that need? It's in your strong name we pray. Thanks for listening to this episode of Me When I'm Free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness and calling. I love a traveling companion. My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here, and if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. Click the share button on the podcast if you know a friend who needs an encouraging reminder that they aren't alone either. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.